JD is back and no longer sick. How you feeling, buddy? I'm feeling all right. Um, <clears throat> still a little something in there, but probably feel yeah. better with that uh, five consecutive Broncos win mean? for the Broncos, aren't you? Yes, I'm very. You're wearing your jersey too, that. aren't you? As well. Uh, not tonight, actually. Just oh, a little. Yeah, okay, a little bit of a surprise there, but uh, very much so. Yeah, cool. no, feels good. Um, I think it's three straight games with. You know, I guess four. Yeah, four straight games with three turnovers or more. So. Yeah, and no picks. Yep, and no picks. Yeah, which is so good. <laughs> t- that that catch with uh, Troutman in the end zone was absolutely amazing. Yes. I, it's just unbelievable what they're doing and they're turning things around here. So, um, yep. and you're at the top of your division. So, I am the only one out of luck is our brother, other brother, and our dad. So, yep, unfortunately, just the way it rolls. But uh, we do wish you guys had a great Thanksgiving, and um, obviously, I'm sure you've got a lot of shopping going on with. Cyber Monday deals and Black Friday. Yep. But uh, we will get right into tech this week. And something on a small scale to start off with is in relation to watchOS 10.2 beta. Uh, in the latest release, Apple has brought back a beloved feature by many where you can once again swipe between watch faces without having to tap and hold on the face uh, to enter the face switch mode. Uh, all right, now, good. the good aspect to all of this is that with them bringing this back, they have implemented a setting in which you can disable this, uh, especially if you're someone that's not a fan of, you know, jumping right into watch face swapping. Um, okay. Which I actually find to be very um, Android-esque uh, just because it's leaving it up to the user whether they want to enable that feature or not. So, Yeah, and normally... Uh, I, I, I always liked it. I'm not sure about you, but... You normally Apple's not one to give you the option to do stuff yeah. like that. They yeah. always are very have limiting stuff like that. And when they do, they keep it on a default that you're not aware of normally. Um, uh, not <laughs> not crapping on Apple today too much, but uh, yeah, it's 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 good that they're actually that they've added that. So. And if you're unaware of that little line there by Riley, uh, a lot of it has been in the news, which we this is not part of our set list but with the whole name drop and police departments going crazy about you know oh you can tap your phone and share your contact there's a little bit more to it than just that so that's mm-hmm. kind of the yeah. underlying it's on by default um Correct. but you did have some more news on apple is that right yes so we have another sad end to an era for apple and it's actually one of their most in my opinion iconic parts of their history os 10.7 lion and uh-huh. Mountain Lion 10.8 have officially left the online store. Yep. As many will remember, Lion in 2011 was the transition from physical copies of updating your iOS to digital. And yep. uh, up to this point, you're able to buy Mountain Lion slash Lion for 19.99 on the Apple Store. And uh, just to kind of give myself a bit of an idea, because uh, I was obviously 11 at this time and really wasn't interested in technology, uh, I kind of watched a good portion of the uh, keynote that uh, what's his name i always forget that dude's name the uh let's see there's phil schiller there's craig Fagarihi. fairy yeah i think that was him yep and he was showcasing mountain lion and lion and it's it's just so cool because they actually established icloud onto mac which was awesome i mean like we take it for granted nowadays and i know i've messed with it on your mac uh jd but yeah it's it's amazing how that all kind of just works and blends in together so but yeah this is an end of an era uh for sure kind of sad uh not for me personally too much but i know maybe for some it's they still keep their discs or whatever um but yeah 
yeah i still actually have my copy my my physical copy oh really um yeah i do and uh that's in addition to my old imac but um yeah it was really okay just kind of those the the transition where you didn't really have to worry about oh i need to install this or i need to have a disk drive uh like riley said it was all from the app store and you could just install it from there now of course it's no longer ported from there it's actually mm-hmm. in the settings itself so yeah. uh but yeah i definitely enjoyed that and um it kind of brings me back to a time where I used to work at Geek Squad and we used to have that digital cop or physical copy and that's what we needed to reset yeah. MacBooks back to that point and then upgrade them from there. So, mm-hmm. um, but it happens, you know, OSs go out of style and new mm-hmm. things come abroad. So, the Wireless Power Consortium recently announced that the first products set to adopt the Qi2 wireless standard are in the middle of completing certification. And while that doesn't okay. lend any confirmation as to what models those are, uh, it does give some insight into 2024 being the year that we expect uh, many flagship phones to adopt the magnetic power profile. And, cool. of course, this profile was spearheaded by Apple's MagSafe charging specifications. But uh, I would expect mm-hmm. that if the Galaxy S24 isn't one of them, uh, to adopt the Qi2 standard, then the Pixel 9 should likely be at least one of the Android models to do so. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, the WPC also indicated that the magnetic power profile is the lone difference in the second-gen standard, as it states that any phone that does not comply with the magnetic profile it will not receive the Qi2 badge, even if all other specifications are met. So, Okay. Um, I'm going to throw another one in there. I'm gonna sure. say OnePlus. I think they. I think they will do it. And here's why. Um, I, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago in an episode, and I said that the one thing that kind of gives you that nostalgic feel of their prime for OnePlus was while um, wireless charging. So I think next year, if they really truly bring it back, it's got to be this one because. If it is, it's 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 an add-on to a great many things, um, but I, I do I do agree with you there. Uh, I think if uh, Samsung, I don't know. I th- I feel like they would, but I don't. I know. do too, but I don't know. It's kind you of never one know. of those things. It's it's also because they're on the front end of all the announcements in the mm-hmm. year. Because I think we even talked about it. I think we we're expecting it sometime in January. I think. Yeah. Uh, yep. when we expect that event to take place. So it's right around the corner. I, I don't know. So it may, that may be even one of them that they're talking about where it's they're getting the certification. But I, f- I feel like it's coming kind of close, so who knows. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I can see what you're saying with OnePlus. Um, I will say that it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. That's mm-hmm. just how I yeah, feel about true. OnePlus. Yeah. But that, that we'll kind of leave it at that. <laughs> Speculation. But, yes. Yep. Um, a while back, we discussed a bit of a quarrel between X and Apple, where Apple pulled away from X as an advertiser. Musk challenged them, claiming he would make a new phone, and Apple allegedly claiming they would pull X off of the App Store. Then Cook and Musk made amends, and Apple placed their advertisement back onto Apple. Both parties lived together in harmony until now. Uh, there has apparently been physical evidence that many of Apple's ads have often been right next to pro-Hitler ads. Uh, lovely there. Because of this alleged activity, Apple has pulled all of its advertising out of X once again, 
Uh, we re- really don't have any other news regarding this. I, I looked quite a bit because obviously over the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of news coming in. We haven't been uploading. So I've been looking to see, and I don't think there's any updates of whether this has changed. Uh, but we will keep you updated, obviously, if there's any anything regards to this. But yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even know there were ads like that. So that's, that's the first I didn't part. either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I know. I don't really have a response to that. that no, I didn't think you would. It's just one of those it's one of those weird things. Uh, honestly, I I don't know if it's true. I haven't been on X and I don't think you really have a whole lot JD either. So, uh, no, we really I can't don't. say whether we have this the mid tier, so we have the one where it limits yeah. some of the ads, but uh, exactly, I, honestly, yeah. I when I get on X, it's normally I'm cl- clicking on notifications. Mm-hmm. So yep, I'm not here. really scrolling as much. Um, yeah. But, wow. That's – I mean, I can understand that. And it's mm-hmm. kind of kind of weird. I mean, I'm sure on a platform you can control or at least have a, a, a sizable control on where the ads are, how they appear, and, you know, yes. what's running alongside them. Why that I would, would even be that. one of the ads included in there definitely makes me suspicious. But um, – It's beyond me at this point. <laughs> yeah, there yep. it is. <laughs> Yep. That's uh, all it, it kind of sends chills down the back of my spine right now just thinking about it. But anyway, yeah. um, Amazon is set to take another step in advancing its automobile profile by allowing customers to purchase vehicles directly through their site. Amazon has partnered up with Hyundai in being the middleman for shopping Hyundai's inventory starting in 2024. Uh, Amazon okay. was once only a showroom per se, and that it would allow the customers to browse online but never purchase the vehicles. This now changes things up as it allows the buyer to purchase the vehicle and then pick it up at a local Hyundai dealership or Hmm. even have the vehicle delivered. Now, there's a lot of what-ifs, uncertainties, and probably some hurdles that need to be crossed over. Uh, But in my opinion and experience, yeah, I still feel like Carvana <laughs> and even Tesla's way of uh, making car purchases to be the easiest, as well as the mm-hmm. fact that it bypasses the distasteful aspect of car salespeople, you know, considering True. that their salary and commission are kind of packed into yep. that pricing. So um, I don't know. I think it, it, it'll it kind of shape the way for online car buying a little bit better um who yep. knows maybe amazon will actually create some of their own inventory with this um kind of new angle that they're going towards but uh yeah i think it creates a little more of a unified way of purchasing cars online although you kind of already have that with other websites like you mentioned carvana and you know um yeah i think there's like a whole there, what is it vroom or zoom or something like that yes yeah yeah so i mean so, there, there's a lot on there yeah yeah, and weirdly enough, this is kind of related. I don't know why I did this. I went to eBay and searched for cars a few months ago just because I was curious, and obviously only car parts showed up, and I figured there wouldn't be anything. But it's weird to see um, these retail establishment stores online like Amazon do this kind of thing. Not that it's necessarily a bad idea, but just because it's kind of unheard of for that to happen, if you know what I mean. Like I don't, I don't think of Amazon as a car retail seller. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you actually have your own uh, garage 
on Amazon yeah, just because that is true. You know, I do love that your, feature. I yep. yeah, I love that too, just because I have my model year and everything like that, and it knows what the trim is, no and exactly what parts to get. or anything like that. Yep. It's just yeah, it pulls right up and says if it's compatible or not. So, I mean, it kind of feels like you could you could sense that coming in the future, um, and, and you know who knows maybe other um, brands and dealerships will jump onto that too. So let's wait and see. True. Yeah, absolutely. So for a few years now, Brand and Jerry Rig Everything have been in collaboration with each other. Since yes. SRE is all about breaking down and taking a closer look at laptops, phones, and other devices, he decided to collaborate with Brand and make cases that reflect his work. And I actually didn't even know about this. Uh, I know that some companies have actually done this, where they actually get a look of the inside of a phone or whatever, and then they create a case off of it. Mm-hmm. Here's the unfortunate thing. Casetify a brand that is even more well-known for their case makings, has done the unthinkable and have copied these teardown designs and made them their own. And uh, JRE saw this, and he quickly posted a video claiming that Casetify had willingly copied these his collaborative design with Brand and been making money off of doing so. And there's even more proof of this because there's actual Easter eggs that he put into these teardowns, if you will. And they're on the exact same ones that Dbrand made. Or, excuse me, uh, Casetify. Casetify, yeah. Wow. Yep. So Casetify went to X and stated the following. Casetify has always been a bastion of originality, and we hold pride in that. We are currently investigating a copyright allegation against us and have immediately removed the designs and questions from all platforms. We'll get to that in a moment. We are also investigating a DDoS attack that disrupted a website when the allegation surfaced. All systems are back to normal. All customer information is safe. Thanks for your patience and support during this challenging time. However, end quote, sorry. However, X community notes pointed out, and those are the things that are like uh, other people kind of fact checking and giving information that might be helpful to the viewer. Uh, they pointed out that the designs were not completely removed from all retailers. As Dbrand themselves point out on X, they were still selling on Best Buy. Also, the community notes points out that the website was still non-functional when Casetify made that post on X. So, to sum up, they committed copyright fraud, basically claimed that they have no part in said copyright fraud. They lied about removing all of these products in question from all the retail sites and quite possibly lied about their website being back online, which I don't know why they would do that. It's kind of weird. Although maybe it was back online for the time and then it kind of went off. I'm, we're not, I'm not sure, but regardless, this is just one of those things that really ticks me off is when you have, um, a company or a collaboration that worked so hard over the years to do something. And then another company's just like, all right, now that's mine. Um, and the entire idea is like, you know, I think someone made this comment too. We don't think that you are going to try and sue. And yes, they actually were, are suing right now. I forgot to mention that. Um, both D brand and, um, uh, Jerry rig, everything they're suing, uh, D brand. Um, yeah. <laughs> Case to I'm sorry. Uh, these two, these two companies, uh, they are, they are suing, uh, Case to but uh, it's one of those things where a company does something and they kind of play a bluff and think that you're not going to do it just because you don't want to go through all that money and the hassle. And that's kind of one of the things that someone said Apple does a lot. 
they steal stuff and they don't expect anyone to try and sue them because, well, they're a multi-billion dollar company. So, um, but yeah, I've spoken enough a lot about this. I'd like to hear your thoughts, uh, obviously, but. Yeah, it's not the first time this has happened. Oh, but, no, not at all. Um, I don't know. I kind of find it to be more of a joke. I mean, not that this hasn't happened. I just mean in the sense that, like, why would you try and do something like that? I mean, clearly, right. it's when ridiculous. it comes to copyright and something that specific where, I mean, maybe they didn't know about the Easter egg specifically, but I don't, I just, it's just funny to, to think that a company like that would even attempt something so low, uh, you know, just for the sake of profits. I mean, I feel like I've heard of them. I didn't think they were, like, one of the top dogs out there as far as, you know, case makers. I didn't I mean, think they I, were either. <laughs> that's what threw me <laughs> off. So I'm, I'm not sure if that's just from yeah. you know the various sources that you pull from, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I've definitely heard of Dbrand, um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm aware of Jerry Riggs' you know partnership with them. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know. There really is. I really don't actually have much to say about this other than I think it's just pretty pathetic, um, mm-hmm. and I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. I'm kind of curious as to how bad it's going to turn out for them, just because. Uh, that that's a big no no. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And um, obviously, we'll we'll update you if there's anything yes. um, with regards to this because there is a lawsuit. And as far as I'm aware, nothing has happened. Like it, it's still in a case file, or court yeah. a court filing, obviously a court case. Yeah. But um, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, before I let you get back to your next topic, I did just want to state that we won't be having any deals this week. You guys have certainly been pounded by all the Black Friday deals and everything like that. Oh, yeah. So uh, we'll just stay one. right with the tech news. And uh, Riley had something on YouTube. Is that correct? That is correct. So people over on the Internet have been digging deep into YouTube's source code. And the reason for this is that they may have found that when they pe- that people use ad blockers, the video takes five seconds to load. Many have found that there's an actual JavaScript code that holds back video from loading quickly. Android Central actually emailed them and questioned if any of this was actually true. Well, Google got back to them and didn't even try to hide it. Uh, this is a quote from them that was sent to Android Central. Quote, to support a diverse ecosystem of creators globally and allow billions to access their favorite content on YouTube, we've launched an effort to urge viewers with ad blockers enabled to allow ads on YouTube or try YouTube Premium for an ad-free experience. Users who have ad blockers installed may experience suboptimal viewing, regardless of the browser they are using. Later on, a YouTube spokesperson told uh, Android Central the following, quote, Ads are a vital lifeline for creators that help them run and grow their business. That's why the use of ad blockers violate YouTube's term of service, end quote. Now, I obviously have a, an opinion about all this, uh, a few things to say, but I would like to hear your thoughts first on it because, you know, obviously we use YouTube lengthy. We, we've discussed also about ad blockers as well. So, Yeah, it's one of those things where we as content creators you know, have transitioned over from the, you know, just the average citizen to, you know, working alongside, yeah. uh, you know, the um, platform and understand that. And then that's how it's work, how it works. Um, as far as how they're going about this with the delay and stuff like that, and maybe quote unquote, limiting the experience. Um, 
I don't know. I think that's kind of something that just comes with the territory. Uh, if you try to do something that's sketchy, then you're going to probably have a little bit of, you know, backfire from, mm-hmm. you know, the experience. So that part, yeah. I think, is warranted, in my opinion. Uh, everybody and anybody knows that, you know, ads is how YouTube continues and as mm-hmm. well as how they support their uh, their content creators. So um, yeah. I don't know. I don't really disagree with this uh i think as as far as from a consumer standpoint yeah it sucks but at the same time i there's not much i can say that would be like oh well um i think youtube's just being a little bit too much of a penny pincher not really because (laughs) if you think about it with uh, if, if everyone was doing that it would be really difficult for them to maintain that profit and for the creators to continue doing what they're doing because that would affect their, you know, income and revenue. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if any of your opinions disagree with that, but, I mean, that's kind of where I stand on the whole entire situation. So, No, I think you hit it right on the nail. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where when you're actually in the business of creating videos and trying yeah. to make a business, then you have a different perspective, whereas – if maybe I heard this a few years ago and I hadn't been doing YouTube at the time a whole lot, I'd be like, man, that sucks. Why can't I just want to use ad bloggers? Like why in the world? But once you actually start doing the work and stuff and you're like, okay, now I understand. Not to say that people who, you know, aren't, you know, don't do creating stuff are, you know, horrible people or whatever. Uh, Although in a sense they kind of are because they're going against uh, YouTube term of service and they're, you know, not allowing yeah. a way for those YouTubers to make money. But yeah, um, yeah it, it's, I totally agree. I think, I feel like there is no other way to do this. Like to ensure that people kind of get on that whole, you need to not. I mean, it could be worse. Blocker. I mean, they could literally oh, just yeah, shut absolutely. down the entire thing if you had an ad blocker, which I, I believe they were actually, I don't know the, the specifics of that where they were limiting the actual ad blocking capabilities or you couldn't actually access. I think I did hear something about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was the whole thing that we had talked about before, but um, I mean, yeah, it could be a heck of a lot more worse than that. So uh, I I think if it were to delay, you know, three to five seconds or even 10 seconds, I mean, anybody could see that as being, Oh, I have slow internet or something. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but uh, (laughs) it's just, for sure. It's one of those things. So yeah, I I think we're in agreement on that, but um I'm not going to lie that it doesn't stink for you guys who are trying to access that and, you know, are having some issues, but it's just the way the world works. I mean, that's how ads, you know, they make, they make things uh, go around as far as yep. revenue. So, um, coincidentally, this was not planned, but, uh, moving on with, or I should say continuing on with YouTube, uh, YouTube playables are now available, uh, yep. as a feature that was rolling out in a test phase back in September, the lightweight games that total 37 are now available for YouTube Premium users. Uh, now I'll go wow. through this real quick. To opt into this on the app, simply tap your profile tab, scroll down to your YouTube Premium benefits, tap Try Experimental New Features, and there you can enroll in the playable features. Uh, after that, go back to the homepage of the app and then tap on the compass on the top left-hand corner and you will see the playables option in the list. Quite frankly, I was a little apprehensive of this uh, just because, you know, of them putting games on YouTube. But as 
as far as how simplistic yeah. and you know just the, the the games just being time passing you, you just kind of getting things um uh you know on the go i actually see the potential here um the only question i have is long-term edition uh, for the mm-hmm. moment it's slated to be only available for i think until march 28th so time will tell okay. if google breaks the habit of killing off their creations <laughs> um but yeah i'm not oh, sure yeah. have you tried these games out at all riley or know of it no i actually no i did see and as you were talking i was literally just trying to do that whole thing uh <laughs> but uh i have not uh done any of that i did see that obviously um you know running through the internet a bit and i was like oh it's finally out and then i was like all right moving on uh, <laughs> right yeah it's it's one of the things where like i haven't seen it i'm not really too interested in it i'll i'll look at the games and see if any of them are interesting maybe it's like one of those things if you're like twirling your thumbs you don't have a lot to do you could probably play them a whole lot yeah, but, I mean, um, just a couple here. Like they have, uh, for those of you who play those games, uh, they have State IO, which is one of those things where you like have so many units in your boundary, and then you send them to another state, and then you're trying to get the whole map to be covered with your color. Oh, um, okay. Yep. Yeah, so and like then they have like yeah. Gin Rummy, uh, Cannonball 3D, Daily Crossword, Free Cell, stuff like that. So it's really like, uh, and there's 37 of these games. So I, I think it's really nice. Um, the only thing that I would say that I, I'm not the biggest fan on is because it's, I feel like it's kind of not fully buried, but it's kind of like out of the way so it could be easily forgotten. I think it would be beneficial mm-hmm. if YouTube wants this to kind of be successful, they should actually have it as a tab on the bottom, right up front, so that way people can see it. Yeah, That's my opinion. I don't know if that would kind of ruin the whole entire feel of YouTube itself. But they're kind of implementing this, so I feel like for it, for it to actually have some headway, uh, it, it would be helpful to actually be it, you know, in a visible way. So, yeah, I would agree with you right there. Um, I do think it would kind of put. I think they should make it an option, although I don't know how that would work in an app setting necessarily because it's so weird for YouTube to do that. But a switch where you can like turn it on, where it would show it on the bottom screen or not. I feel like that might be too much work. But um, I think if you did that, because I think some people already had, were going nuts over the fact that the U tab was switched onto the bottom right in the settings or your channel profile was. Heaven forbid a minor change is made, people. So just imagine what that would do if (laughs) if there's another gaming gaming tab attached to the bottom. I like I love the idea, and I do like I I agree with you. If they want to really integrate this a lot better, want people to get into it more, then you kind of need to make it more apparent that it's there. But at the same time, we live in a world. Yes, we live in a world where the slightest change, people are up in arms, and I get that to a certain extent. There's some things that even I've been upset with when Apple's done this or Samsung's done that or whatever. But it's yeah. Certain things are just like, why would you get upset over that? <laughs> but, you know. I mean, it was kind of cool because uh, to close out with this topic here um, before we move on, I like the idea because uh, there's a pro and con to this. It's online games only. So that's how they access mm-hmm. it. That, that's why the app isn't so, you know, bogging down the device. Um, the downside is, is if you, you know, like you said, twiddling your thumbs and you're just trying to, you know, waste time and you know you're in a waiting room or whatever uh you would need internet or something like that so mm-hmm. that's kind of the yeah, downside of it but i don't really see that being too much of a hindrance just because the majority of the time we are connected to the internet 
Yeah, you have a uh, phone, you have service, yeah. Right. And then the cool pro to this is I feel like if enough people or if you find a good enough reason to keep going back to it, um, I almost had that feeling of, wow, I, I don't know if I really need like more app games on my phone just because I feel like this is, you know, conducive mm-hmm. enough, yeah. you know, for fun just to pass the time when I need to. So that's my take on it. And I, I've messed sure. around it for, yeah. you know, uh, almost a week now so i've really enjoyed it and i keep on going back to it so i, I do hope they keep it so yeah agreed uh last week we mentioned that nothing was trying to budge apple uh to utilize rcs which we'll get to here in a moment um by utilizing sunbird and making an easier way for you to use a apple-based service on android to have sort of a faux rcs if you will correct well come to find out jd was right he called it out from the very beginning. I thought he was wrong in certain aspects, but he was correct. Dill Roussel over on X found that messages were being sent back and forth, uh, that were being sent back and forth through Sunbird were not at all encrypted. In fact, Roussel found that they were abusing Get Sentry, which I think JD also mentioned the other week. Uh, if you don't know, Get Sentry, we'll, we'll say it again, monitors any errors in the messaging system. However, Sunbird had been logging those messages and pretending that they all were errors. This, in turn, goes against the claim that Nothing's app was, in fact, secure, and all these messages, emails, and other personal info have been leaked to third-party services. And as Fonarita points out, this could allow attackers to, quote, view your photos, videos, contacts, notes, and more. Nothing's app has been removed off the Play Store since then, and they've stated that they'll bring it back when they are, quote, delaying the launch until further notice. Uh, so, JD, the man who's correct, you have the table. <laughs> um, really, it's not me. I mean, I think a lot of us in the tech community, this was our biggest concern, was end-to-end encryption and actually being able to trust mm-hmm. Carl Pei and, and, you know, Sunbird. So, um... I don't really think it's anything of a surprise. I mean, we knew the risks. We knew what was being used. We knew the parameters. True. Um, so I think to expect anything less uh, than to have this sketchy protocol take place, um, yeah, you'd have to be really naive. So and True. I mean, for those who wanted to try it out, and that's that's another reason why I never actually went through with Sunbird, and this is before nothing. I never went through with using Sunbird because of this exact problem, and I was fearful of what would happen, which also begs the question, um, and I'm not sure if this was stated or specified in the sources you have. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned you know, messages and emails and stuff like that. I'm also curious about personal credentials, emails, and passwords for your Apple account. So Yeah, I think so, yep. Yeah, I think I think these two kind of go hand in hand with this closeout topic, um, and it was really the big news that took the tech community by storm. So, oh yeah, with that, Apple has announced that they will adopt the RCS protocol alongside iMessage via a software update sometime in 2024. The announcement comes on the heels of Nothing voicing their plans to offer a morphed version of iMessage as well yep. as the continued disagreement between Apple and the EU with the, Digi- Digi- the Digital Markets Act. Correct. Uh, Apple cleared the air, stating that it will not be able to support, which is, you know, this is up front, support end-to-end encryption in the current state of RCS, as they claim it's not as secure as iMessage. 
However, this does mean that Android users can at least enjoy a better messaging experience uh, when communicating with iPhone users. Apple also mentioned that it will work with GSMA on improving the protocol as time continues, but in the end, this still means that the green-blue bubble battle will still wage on. Uh, And that said, at least it won't be such a featureless experience. So um, the funny thing about this is I think Apple saw this, and they knew right away that it wasn't trustworthy, and that's why they jumped and just said, hey, we're going to adopt RCS. It's coming. Just hold your horses and don't screw anything up with this whole entire nothing announcement, which is really sad because I I had really high hopes for this in the sense that um, something good come about, but in the end we know that the underlying factor was end-to-end encryption Mm -hmm. wasn't true to form and wasn't what we wanted it to be. So I'm not really sure if you have any other, you know, theories or possibilities that kind of floated around in your mind um, in hearing all this and kind of having this developed. Um, I'm just excited that Apple is actually doing it in the right way, even though it's not exactly Mm -hmm. the way we in the tech community, both Android and iPhone, wanted it to be. I do think, and you kind of touched on it a bit, that uh, the EU is kind of forcing Apple's hand once again. That We saw it yeah. happen with USB-C, and now I think they were going to do it with this too. Uh, there probably was a deadline. I think I saw an uh, article somewhere suggesting that Apple did this on purpose at the right time um, because of the uh, DMA. So, yeah. yeah. And th- there was the other thing, and I'm not sure if you even saw that, about the fact that the whole green-blue bubble war would still continue but uh you did mention that so i guess i have nothing really to say about that it's just still annoying that you know you kind of have to deal with this sort of annoyance and you know I yeah just, I, I mean I, I mean go ahead I, yeah this last thing i i figured apple wasn't gonna totally bend the knee it just seemed way too good to be true that they would even you know put all this out there so yeah, I mean, they are going to the absolute minimum to, uh, yep. you know, appeal to what the EU wants. And yeah. I think it just comes down to, you know, the user experience and having it to be a little bit more equal. And I think in impartial, it's because we're too picky. And <laughs> it's yeah. just colors. So whether or not you're messaging between an iPhone and Android and you have to have it where it's blue, I I don't know. Really what I care about is the baseline features where it's, you know, higher shared media content, uh, you know, read receipts, typing indicators, stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the important part, and that's something that we can kind of take away from this and just say, okay, this is – it's not the greatest thing that we wanted, but at least it's yeah. there in a way where everyone can enjoy it. And I don't have to worry about messaging somebody on Google Messages just to have typing indicators between the two. This can actually True. happen when I'm messaging from an Android to an iPhone as well. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think you tried to uh, – this was part of the pre-show uh, conversation between Riley and I, but you know that's something that I'm not sure if we were discussing that would come with iOS 18 or if it was going to be pre, yes. uh, where it's going to be on 17. I'm pretty sure that with something this big, it would probably be a next gen upgrade. That's oh, of my course. Opinion. I'm not sure if if that's something that you disagree <laughs> with. Yeah, it, it just oh, seems yeah. too big to throw in as oh, this is part of the end of iOS 17. I doubt that. 
uh, especially considering it's next year. If it was going to be something where it was, you know, important enough, it would happen between this past September and before we hit January. That's not happening. So it'll be one of those things where it's like, yay, you finally announced RCS. It's been almost 15 years. So (laughs) thank you for finally doing that. We appreciate you. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing. I, I they've they've talked about that with um, you know, whether or not they had enough people asking about RCS and wanting it. And I think it's come to the point where, yeah, it's 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 new, evident. It's yeah. people like like I said last week or the last episode, uh, I felt like if nothing else, even if I did want Carl's Pay's idea to succeed in some way, if nothing else, this would urge Apple to say, hey, people are trying to do this different ways and it's not secure. It's not the right way to do it. Let's just break down I and agree. at least put it in a format that can be usable and appease, you know, the, yep, the regular. That's stories. true. Um, the other thing that we'll still keep our eyes on is the App Store because that is another factor of the gatekeepers aspect of the Digital Markets Act. So we'll continue yes. to keep our eyes open on that one. But as far as iMessage, it looks like, yeah, we're finally going to get that. Uh, it's still going, like I said, the iMessage part is still going to exist. So obviously um, that's part of what the, the green and the blue differentiation is. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm not sure if you have any other closing thoughts on this, but that's kind of where I stand. Nope. I'm, I'm just at least glad that we're getting some kind of unifying thing here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, that's how that's how I feel too. So, but in either case, that closes out, closes out this week's episode. We certainly hope you guys enjoyed it. This is JD and Riley, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.